GM, I'm Matthew Diemer, and this is GM from Decrypt. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What's up, everybody? Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. The rumor mill is all the buzz with this one. DCG might be liquidating might be getting rid of Coindesk. And there's been a lot of rumors about who is in talks to buy Coindesk. And you guys don't remember, DCG is the parent company of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, the parent company of Genesis, which owes a lot of people money right now. We'll talk about them a little later in the show. The CEO is Barry Silbert. And of course, they also own Coindesk. So when Charles Hoskinson, the founder of Cardano, heard about this, he made a video on Twitter somewhere saying that the sale, they were asking for around 200 million dollars and he just confirmed this in an interview he also said that he's heard that the gross profit for coindesk was somewhere around 50 million dollars he also mentioned that he didn't see the ebitda so he doesn't know if this is actually legit the uh, 50 million dollars and by the way ebitda stands for earnings before interest tax depreciation amortization it's a good way to measure a company's financial performance and evaluate its operational efficiency and profitability so is this 50 million dollar profit legit don't know um He also says that this $200 million is a little bit overpriced. However, he also says, I got the money. I'm one of the richest people in the space. So if I want to buy it, I'll buy it. But I think it's a little little pricey. And he also wanted to give us some financial advice. He said, just because you got a lot of money doesn't mean you just go spend money on $200 million things. Another good question people are asking is if you have $200 million to buy something like this, why don't you just create something like this for a lot less money and just build it from the ground up? Obviously, if the machine's working and it's generated $50 million profit, just go ahead and buy it. The rumor is that they're not making that much money. I've heard rumors, I've seen rumors floating around the interwebs that they're not even turning a profit. They never have turned a profit. They've been running at a loss. So maybe that's why DCG wants to get rid of them. Because I want to know, if DCG needs the capital, they're trying to get some capital for this whole Genesis thing, why sell something that's turning a $50 million a year profit? So with this whole thing, we're going to figure out what's going on with the coin desk, how much it's going to be worth, how much profit they're actually making, because it's quite interesting. You know, I you're hearing so many different things and so many people are coming into the space saying, yeah, you know what? That's going to be a good opportunity to shill some of our bags. <laughs> That's basically what it is. And one of the biggest thing is who is going to own CoinDesk? What if it is somebody like Charles Hoskinson, Justin Sun, CZ Zhao? Somebody that is obviously could bias the news, somebody who has a lot of things to gain from the reach of a coin desk that could pump their bags, shill their friends, advertise for free for their stuff. What happens to the independent, decentralized web journalists kind of honesty, transparency that we all want? Oh, by the way, it's also rumored that Cointelegraph is owned by a oligarch. This is what Charles Hoskinson said, allegedly. So it's very interesting to see these media companies being scooped up by these very rich individuals. We could talk about the Washington Post, WAPO, with uh, Jeff Bezos owning it. 
think Jeff Bezos is trying to get rid of that bag too. So, so this is very interesting how this is going to play out. The numbers are interesting. The strategy is interesting. I'm just dying to find out who owns this and how we're just going to empower more independent journalism because people aren't trusting big corporations, centralized organizations for the news. They just aren't. So anyway, there's my rumor mill. That's what's on my mind this morning. Now let's get into those crypto prices. And the time is 9.04 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $22,873, up 0.2% in 24. And by the way, this is some interesting news. For the past eight years, buying Bitcoin at the end of the first day of Chinese New Year and selling it 10 days later at the end of Chinese New Year would average you a 9% return. And this has been consistent since 2015. From 2015 to 2022, if you did that trade, you would never lose. So basically what they're trying to say with this pattern, if you bought Bitcoin on Sunday, January 22nd, and exit the position Wednesday, February 1st, you can leave with 9% profit. That's very, very interesting. Now, the rumor has it's because people are gifting Bitcoin for Chinese New Year, pumping the price during this golden week. Huh. Now, I wonder if we're going to continue that pattern. Ethereum sitting at $1,620, down 0.3% in 24. Teller's number three, Binance is at 313, up 3% in 24. Binance is just a rocket ship, man. It didn't even get affected that much with this bear. USDC is number five. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, BUSD, Cardano, Doze, and Solana is number 10. Total market cap, we're at 1.05 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 42% and F dominance of 18.9. And really quick in some other price-related news, Argo Blockchain stock resumed trading on the NASDAQ. If you guys remember, on December 16th of last year, NASDAQ warned Argo that it would have to suspend its trading because the stock never maintained a closing price of over a dollar for 30 consecutive days. To regain compliance, the company was required to remain a minimum closing price of over a dollar for 10 consecutive days. They did that on January 13th, so they're back on the NASDAQ. Moving into today's headlines. Genesis, I told you we'll talk about them again. Well, they said that they have some measure of confidence that the firm will resolve its disputes with creditors this week. And they said they don't think they're going to need a mediator. Genesis reported slightly over a billion dollars in assets and liabilities and more than 100,000 creditors who it owes around $3.4 billion to. There are also claims against DCG, the firm's parent company, as we mentioned before, of around $1.7 billion. And remember, Gemini is owed $900 million plus from Genesis. According to Gemini's lawyer, Chris Marcus, there is some work to do before the two sides can come to terms. Still, he has told the judge that he's also optimistic that the disputes can be resolved without a mediator. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
The FBI, they announced yesterday that it has concluded that the North Korean hacker group Lazarus was behind the $100 million hack of Harmony Protocol last June. Over $60 million in ETH stolen during the last heist was laundered on January 13th, six months after the fact. Do you think that that's all they're doing? No, no, no. They've been linked to the massive $622 million hack of Ronin Network last April. Since 2017, North Korean hacker groups, including Lazarus and APT38, is that Apartment 38? Maybe we should just go check out Apartment 38s in North Korea and just see if that's where they're set up. Anyway, also a North Korean hacking group, they've stolen an estimated $1.2 billion worth of crypto. So while I was reading this article, it told us all about like the Lazarus group and hacks and stuff like that, but it never said why the FBI just told us now that they are linking that to the Lazarus group. I mean, people have been linking that hack to the Lazarus group for a long time. I mean, the FBI is six months later just saying, oh yeah, it's them. I mean, but why them? Why now? And what made it definitive for you? That was not said. Ethereum Core developers, they announced a successful deployment of the first mainnet shadow fork designed to test the readiness of ETH's staking withdrawal capability. What am I talking about here? I'm talking about Shanghai, the Shanghai update. So as you know, shadow forks are a full test of the system upgrades before they go live. They want to make sure that everything works so they don't just do the Shanghai upgrade and then totally bust Ethereum. So that's good news because people are expecting in March this Shanghai update to go live so they can withdraw their $26 billion of staked F. So what's going to happen when this Shanghai goes live? Could we see a major sell-off? Well, here's my thoughts on this. Just remember that there will be a sell-off, but it's not going to be huge. I think it could be a BTFD opportunity. Now, this is not financial advice. This is just me thinking about the markets macroly. But remember, ETH's market cap is like $200 billion. So $26 billion of ETH is only around 13% of their total market cap. We could see a little movement. We could see a little panic in the market. We could see other people sell off because they know it's going to dip. However, I don't see that this is going to be a massive sell-off with massive price decreases. I see it a flash buying opportunity. I don't see that there's going to be $26 billion worth of ETH flooding exchanges and being sold. Most people are going to put them in their own wallets. You're going to see a lot of ETH move back and forth between wallets. You're going to see some people trade it and lock in some profits, but it's not going to be $26 billion worth. But there will be downward pressure. But I think ETH's price is going to be pretty much okay. What do you think? Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. The New York Department of Financial Services, they issued a new warning about how to properly handle customers' digital assets. They said, as stewards of others' assets, virtual currency entities that act as custodians must have a robust process in place akin to traditional finance service providers. They advise custodians to keep digital assets that belong to other people separate from those from the custodian itself. Basically, don't mix customer funds with your funds. It seems like something you shouldn't have to tell them, but apparently you do. Custodians are also required to provide customers with written disclosures that specify specific arrangements, such as how the custodian segregates the accounts for a virtual currency held in custody, as well as customers retain property interest in the virtual currency. So if you're in New York, there's a lot more guidelines that are being put in place to make sure your funds are safe. OpenSea, so far this month, they have $320 million worth of NFT trades. Why is that significant? Because they totally kicked December's ass already. December only saw about $283 million worth of trades. So Bored Ape sales are up 45% from the previous period. Azuki NFTs is up 89%. Artblocks up 62%. And there's also a 95% uptick in Solana NFT sales. 
Board Ape Yacht Club ecosystem assets, and we're talking about Board Ape Yacht Club, we're talking about mutant apes, and so on and so forth, they account for 50% of the total Ethereum NFT volume over the past week. Crazy. Oh, by the way, board apes were up to a floor of about $106,000. Here, I thought I was going to get myself an ape. Looks like I'm not. And that's up from a floor of about $86,000. I was really hoping for a little bit less than that. Looks like I'm going to have to put my ape purchase on hold. And finally, if you're in South Africa, well, your advertising regulatory board released new guidelines about crypto advertisements. And they said that they have to expressly and clearly state that investing in crypto assets may result in the loss of capital as the value is veritable and can go up as well as down. They also said that influencers and ambassadors may share factual information only and may not offer advice on trading or investing crypto assets. And they cannot promise benefits or returns. And so if you're listening in South Africa, which we have, I think, a couple thousand people listening in South Africa, and if you do see some ads down there, make sure that they're following the guidelines. I don't know if you care or not, but that's the new guidelines for you guys down there. But here's something that the article said that was news to me, and I did not know this. Maybe I was just living under a rock, but you remember the segment on The the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, where Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton were kind of weirdly talking about their bored apes? You remember that? Did you know that they didn't buy those? Did you know that they were given those apes as a part of a marketing campaign? And didn't tell anybody that? They're just fronting that they bought these apes and they are thinking that the tech and the art and whatever is cool. Boy, that pisses me off. Can somebody please sue them? Let me know what you think. Matthew and Crypt.co. I think it's kind of shady that they both went on the show. They both had the profile pictures as bored apes. You kind of assume that they were part of the whole community and that they're buying these apes just to find out that they were given those apes. And they didn't let anybody know about it? I don't know. Shady, shady stuff to me. Thank you for listening to this episode of GM. My name is Matthew Deemer. If you want to email me, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. My email is in the show notes. And like always, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>